0: And then I started using a different platform that really gave me analytics based off of who was listening to my podcast. It was a much older audience. Mm. Once I found out who it was, I was able to shift that messaging and really allow them to feel like I was speaking directly to them.
1: All right. We're live and we're rolling and welcome. To the real venture. If you're new here, welcome. Let me break down what this show is all about. We are a community built for young entrepreneurs by young entrepreneurs with the sole mission of inspiring the next generation, our generation, to turn their crazy idea into a business. I'm your host, Peyton. And I am your co-host Luke. And we are so excited to continue to grow this platform as we talk to other successful founders about their successes and together as a community, figure out the next step in our own entrepreneurial journey. The only thing I'm going to need you to do before we get going is hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Let's dive into today's topic. All right, Allie, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on today. Let's start with the age old question. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Yes. Okay. So I am Allie Martin. I am based in Shelbyville, Kentucky. I own Fame and Fortune, which is a PR and social media agency. And my background is in PR. Um, I previously ran Amazon's PR for the Southeast region of the United States and really was able to see how they were able to take those uh, tactics and really win over the small communities they were in. And I started Fame and Fortune utilizing a lot of those same tactics for small business owners. So I work primarily with female entrepreneurs as they are looking to get more visibility in their business and in their space by becoming more credible and uh, and really just growing their name um, in their communities.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I think that your your path of Amazon into your own thing is something a lot of our listeners can relate to because so many of us, you know, work for, uh, you know, big corporations, but we kind of have this dream of running our own business. Why don't you talk a little bit about that transition into kind of what jump started your desire to do your own thing?
0: Well, to be honest, I was laid off. So, um, there was, uh, kind of this, uh, and, and I actually, um, was in the process of, of going through two layoffs, um, in the matter of a year. So really it was kind of this observation of, do I want to put all my eggs in one basket again and go with another corporation or do I want to be in control of my destiny? So, um, Uh, just a lot of those bigger businesses, you know, while they do have the name that comes along with them, there is the chance that they are going to go through layoffs. And it's just can be simply a matter of they reorganize the department. And, um, and so you're, you're cut effective immediately. So um, I really analyze that I, you know, I'd been in the industry for about 10 years, I had really gained a lot of skills. I was doing some side projects already from businesses that had reached out to me um, and was just working on those at night. So it was just a matter of saying, okay, if I can get to this uh, money uh, goal by uh, three months from now, then I will go out on my own and, and just keep keep this going. Um, but if I don't get there, then I need to go back and look for another job. Um, so it's kind of, it was one of those process where I was not completely confident in it. And I, Mm -hmm. um, definitely, um, kind of walked on the line a little bit before I was able to prove to myself that this would be something that I could continue. And now here we are almost three years later and I have a staff of five and, um, we, have more clients than I could have ever imagined. And, um, I'm just so blessed and and really wish that I had made the jump even sooner.
1: Well, and you know, I think a lot of people can also relate to the idea of walking that line because it is scary. And then there also is like, not, not like doubt, but you really do have to prove to yourself and whatever metric that is. For example, you know, yours was financial, right? You know, if I'm able to make this X number of dollars in three months proves that, you know, this proof of concept works and we can move on. I think another thing that a lot of people, and I'm sure a lot of your uh, clients can relate to is kind of figuring out what would, you know, get the snowball rolling to get the money to where it needs to be for them to make that jump. So how do you kind of approach the idea of starting side hustles, side projects? Um, You know, how do you kind of start that fire? So eventually it can, it, it can take over.
0: Yeah, that that's actually a great question because I think a lot of people, in my eyes, do it a little bit um, haphazardly. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more conservative when it comes to starting these side projects. Um, I am all about as little as money as you can invest into it to be able to see that even that just little bit of return on on what investment you do put into it, that does become that proof of concept where you can start to make it a snowball effect and add a little bit more. Um, that's just the approach that I've taken. And of course, uh, there have been plenty of people that ex- are successful that actually don't take that approach and um, are a little bit more risky. But to me, that's just, um, I- I've gotten my MBA and that's really kind of the, um, approach that was drilled into me during that, um, program was really to just be very conservative with those investments. Um, especially when you're testing the waters.
1: Yeah, no, in testing is, is the key word there because definitely what you start, like you're going to pivot and change your idea so many times and tweak it as the market changes, um, as demand changes. But you know, if you're not, Trying in the first place, uh, you're never going to be in a point where eventually you could take over. A little side tangent because you just made me think of it. um, You know, I've been having a lot of conversations with people related to advanced education, uh, and you mentioned that you went on to get your MBA. Do you think an MBA is worth it in today's world?
0: That actually is something that a lot of people do need to consider before they jump into an advanced program because um, I make the argument that if you are Wanting to be a lawyer, if you're wanting to be a doctor, if you're wanting to be a nurse, then yes, you definitely need that advanced degree. Uh, But there are certainly areas where you don't need a degree at all to be successful. And um, you, it really isn't a, a good return on your investment to make that uh, time time investment and money investment um, to be able to go down that path. So um, I think this is actually going to be, it feels like it's a little bit of a turning of the tides in the fact yep. that, you know, for the longest time, we were all just pushed school, 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 school. And then once you are past the bachelor degree, it's okay, what's your advanced degree? Um, but I really just think a lot of people are, kind of they're opening their eyes to the possibilities that are out there that allow them to to really get by without that advanced degree.
1: Yeah, and I can I completely agree with you. And I think I think the advanced degrees that do bar, you know, your JD and any kind of uh, of medical degree, because obviously you need to go through extensive um, schooling for for that stuff. But I also see kind of a rise of like the one year specialized advanced masters where like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you're diving into a certain type of analytics uh, on the business side or, or marketing vertical. And I, you know, I definitely think that if somebody does want to go back for that degree, they can do that. But I really think certifications, certificates online, there's a lot of things that you can be deemed an expert of. And that right there is is validation enough so thank you for uh for going down that little tangent with me it just <laughs> it just kind of made me think of it but so you know you, you kind of have this side hustle it's growing and now we're beginning to kind of think through the process of okay how do i brand this how do i promote it how do i market that and that's really what we want to, to talk about today because i think it, it it's a common conception that you need to basically like build out this massive team for marketing and you know publicists and like, you know, you as the CEO or you as the founder, like you can't do this, but you would argue that you can be your own publicist.
0: Absolutely. And really, whenever I think about visibility, um, because that's really what um, public relations, media opportunities, it drills down to it's getting you more visible. It's it's getting Mm -hmm. more eyes on you or your business. And visibility is the most impactful and quickest way to change the trajectory of how people view you and your business. Because if you think about it, you can, you can do your own, um, marketing, you can, you know, post on social media, you can partner up and, and, um, partner with another, um, agency owner and, and kind of share each other's, um, services. There, there's lots of ways that you could actually get more people's eyes on you. But when you think about the quickest way, the most impactful way, and it's really because you can assign that credibility with the media outlet that's showcasing you, um, you know, they are credible. And whenever you appear in their publication, that, credibility also applies to you. So, um, yeah, it, it, really is all about determining what type of coverage you are looking for in your business and then going after that. So I think definitely we're going to be talking a little bit more about how to go after that. But, um, I really believe that visibility is something that anybody can achieve and, um, you don't need a large team and you don't even need a publicist to do it. You can do it yourself.
1: So let's dive into that kind of that first bucket that you you touched on get the coverage you deserve because if you ask me what I deserve, I deserve the world. I am the entrepreneur, Mm. you know, I'm this is my business. This is my everything. But you know, in reality, how do you begin to kind of whittle that down into something that's feasible, something that you can attack and proceed today? Because obviously you want to be an Amazon, you want to be a Google, you you know, you want your business to grow and be successful, but that's not where you're going to start, right?
0: Yeah. So the best place to start is to think about where your customers are hanging out and whether that's online or in a print publication. Um, maybe that's a TV show. If you are a local business um, and you need to Connect with local individuals, uh, then online is not going to be the best place for you. Maybe a local TV or radio station would be. So, really determining where your customers are hanging out online, that's going to be the best place for you to appear in a media form. So, um, I really like to set that stage because a lot of people will say, Oh, well, I want to be on The Today Show. I want to be on Good Morning America. Well, are your customers hanging out there? There's a lot of people hanging out there. But is that where your customers are? Is that the best place for you to start? And and publicity and visibility really does take a stair-step approach in the sense that um, if I have clients that come to me and they've never appeared on local um, media, local TV, lo- local radio, local newspaper... That's really gonna be a great place to start in their local community, getting that coverage, getting that feature, and then we can use that feature to go to an industry publication. So then we can stair step in and say, hey, industry publication, here is links to where my client appeared on their local uh, publication. Then once we have achieved industry level, that's when you can step it up to the national. So I think there's a a big misconception that people think, oh, I'm just I'm going to shoot for the stars and land among the moon. Like I'm going to, you know, just immediately get this this big top tier uh, feature. And while that definitely does happen, I've been in Rachel Ray and I was on CNN all within the same week. Uh, While that does happen, uh, there typically is much more of a stair step approach. So you know, really determining where your customers are hanging out online. And then we need to determine who the players are on that media outlet. So if it is a print publication, like who is the editor of that magazine? If it is a TV station, who is the producer? Uh, who's the assignment manager? So really determining who are, who's going to be the, de- the determining factor of whether they feature you or not. And then we're going to go after them. We're going to be pitching them and we're going to be giving them a, a reason to include you um, in their outlet.
1: Yeah. And and I think that that same approach can translate well. um, into social media, which is where I think a lot of, you know, companies immediately kind of tweak their head because social media is such a big component of, of today's world. But I think it's also important to understand that there are differences in the platforms, uh, for social media and there are different people that hang out on each platform. Can you talk a little bit about how to identify, you know, maybe what social media platform would be best for, you know, your business? Because like, for example, for us, um, on the real estate side, we're definitely geared more towards LinkedIn because there are a lot mm-hmm. of professionals that would you know, use our, our tool is not a, a traditional B2C tool that everybody in the entire world could use it. It's geared towards a very specific clientele, but for the podcast, Instagram is the most important platform because every single person's on Instagram and it's where we kind of go to, to learn stuff on the first. So how do you kind of work with clients and determine maybe what's the best avenue for them to pursue?
0: Yeah, Peyton, that's a great question. And I don't think a lot of people really drill down into that specifically. They think they know, mm-hmm. but they don't actually find out. So that's where I, I really say, you know, where are your customers hanging out? That's That's yep. where we need to be. But don't just assume. So we actually need to ask, you know, and it, it goes back to kind of the market studies that people would do in marketing, maybe 20 years ago, yep. you would kind of see these these groups where, you know, they would ask, uh, you know, large groups of people like, okay, now, did you like A or did you like B? Okay, what did you like about A? What did you like about B? You know, they would they re- really ask just like the basic questions, but that's what you need to be doing with your audience as well. Don't assume, I have a podcast as well. I assumed that my um, target demographic was my age range. I thought it was a person that looked just like me, 35 years old, that they were in their business. And then I started using a different platform that really gave me analytics based off of who was listening to my podcast. It was a much older audience. Mm. It was more of that 50 to 65 age range, which was really shocking to me and allowed me to pivot the messaging that I was telling. Because if I'm thinking I'm talking to a 35-year-old, and I'm giving this messaging that of somebody that would be of that age range and that they would care about then, and that's not my audience. Once I found out who it was, I was able to shift that messaging and really allow them to feel like they were, I was speaking directly to them because I was, because that, that's, that's who was primarily listening to the podcast. So, you know, I really do think there, that is an important piece to really put into practice. Um, It is really determining those those key characteristics of your audience actually asking them.
1: Oh I, the the analytics are, are are pretty jarring sometimes when you dive into that because like you said you <laughs> you you can uncover something that you had no idea what was going on. Like for for example on 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 the real venture we get a lot of reach with our reels, right? You know, they they do well based, you know, when we use the right hashtags and they and they get good reach and it brings a lot of people to the page. But like the actual posts that perform the best, since our demographic is like 16 to 35, our memes like blow up. So the 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 informational mm. content that we post, uh, you know, excerpts from the interviews bring people in, but the content that actually gets the most interaction are the memes. And it's at, at the real venture underscore on Instagram if you don't follow us. But um you know we weren't really paying attention to the analytics and then once we kind of saw that trend we had to we had to tweak the content uh, accordingly and it's definitely worked out really well for us so We, you know, we, we determine our coverage that we're looking for. Now it's time to actually begin to approach people. And this is the hard part. And the thing that probably scares people the most is, is pitching. Um, one thing that we've definitely talked about on this show a lot is every opportunity is a sales opportunity. Like you don't even understand that you're selling yourself, you're selling your business anytime that you remotely talk about it. Um, so with that being said, how do we begin to craft our pitch to, you know, kind of take this, this game to the next level?
0: Okay, so if you don't already have a piece of paper and a pen or a way to take notes, grab it now. I'm going to share with you six steps to really craft that pitch so that it is exactly what the outlet is looking for. So the first one is to be authentic and true to yourself and have a unique story, really, um, when it comes down to. So um, when a journalist is determining who to feature on their outlet – as you can imagine, if they're looking for, I'll, I'll take uh, somebody similar to me, for example, if they're looking for a social media strategist to highlight, there are plenty out there that they could find. They could sit down in Google and find a number of individuals to, to showcase. What's going to make somebody stand out from another is their unique story. So by sharing exactly how they got to that role, how they had to go through a number of layoffs to to really find their groove, um, those are the kind of stories that really make you stand out. So be be able to share that unique angle that you provide. The second thing is, and this is not meant to be crude, but it's not about you. So as much as we are looking to get credibility and visibility for you and your business, it's actually not about you. So we're using the media to allow us to tell our story, but we actually have to provide them with more than what we are looking to get out of it. So, um, by, by when I say it's not about you, what I'm really meaning is we need to provide them with what we can provide the audience. Mm. So, um, you know, their audience tunes in because they know that they can find value in their programming. They can pick up the paper and learn something from an article. So when we can offer individual and, um, realistic ways that we can inform the audience, entertain them, whatever the goal of that outlet is, um, that's going to be when they're going to go, okay, okay, This is somebody that can partner with us. So you have to think about it in more of that terms of this is a partnership. We're giving them what they need. They're giving us what we need rather than me, 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 feature me. I'm great. Here's all the great things that I do. Yep. So the third thing is a timely and relevant pitch to the outlet. So what I mean by that is. Um, we are in the new year and, uh, right now a lot of people are focused on goals. They're focused on achieving, um, their, their new year's resolutions. So if I have somebody that is a time management expert that can step in and say, this is how you actually achieve your goals. That is timely and relevant. That is something that the outlet's viewers or listeners or uh, readers are actually, they care about right now. So that is a timely and relevant pitch. But if I'm pitching something about how in the summertime, uh, you can go to this destination, they're going to look at you and say, well, that's not really relevant to what we're focused on right now. And, and the media does typically work in a very short time window. Um, so they're not necessarily planning ahead. Uh, for the most part, there, there are definitely some print publications that, that plan ahead. But for the most part, they're not planning months and months ahead. Fourth thing is, you have to really sell your topic or your idea if it's not something that they are currently covering. Um, you know, you, you could be a, a lawyer and you could want to offer specific insight to a case that's um, appearing um, on the national stage as far as it's currently in court. That's fine. You don't have to necessarily sell why that's important because that's something that they're currently covering. But if you are a time management expert and you're really wanting to sell the, the idea that you do have to manage your time in order to achieve your New Year's resolutions, maybe providing a stat is really going to allow the outlet to see okay, this person really knows what's going on. They really are a leader in their industry. So we have no problem showcasing them at that, as that leader. Number five is mapping out the segment. Um, I, have, I have been in the journalist's shoes before. I have worked with journalists that say, this is the best thing by far. Please do this for every client that you work for. And that's truly us providing, here's the questions that your reporter could ask. And here's, here would be our answers so that they can see exactly what this segment would look like. And I'm I'm speaking specifically for TV, but you can do the exact same thing with a print print publication. So here's the questions. Here's how we would answer. This is how we would really phrase the article. So you're not necessarily dictating or telling them. You're just saying, hey, if this is helpful, here's some suggested questions and what our answers would be. That is huge. And then lastly, the the really the thing that again makes you stand out, makes you different from all those other social media strategists out there, or all those other entrepreneurs that are pitching them is take a stand, have an opinion. So if you have an opinion of something that is a little controversial or maybe something that uh, maybe differs from a lot of people in the industry, this is an opportunity to make that opinion known so that they can ask you about it and they can get your point of view. So those are really the, the best ways to kind of lay out uh, when you're pitching to an outlet, uh, really why they should have you on their outlet or why they should consider you an expert source.
1: I I really like that last point with you know to kind of taking a stand having an opinion because I definitely feel with with most startups today you are taking a stand and trying to be a disruptor in in some capacity right you're trying to to shake up an old institution an old way of thinking uh definitely like in the crypto space a lot of people are kind of making that when in relation to uh to you know traditional currency but in in anything that you do and and really you know, the, the stand you take and, and the item that you're differentiating on, that's incredible content right there. And that's something that you really should be pushing. Um, because that's, you know, I mean, depending on what you're, position is. Um, it, that's something that you can really be, that you know, that's something you can really be known for uh, good and bad. Uh, so pick the right position. Um, but you know, that's, that's something that, you know, people are now synonymous with, with your name and, and, you know, definitely from a content perspective, an incredible place to start. So we just went through those six options and, you know, I, I know a lot of people right now are, are thinking through like, okay, like, those six options. I'll start planning it out, and you know that will probably take me a couple months. But there are some steps that you could take right now. And what are those?
0: Yeah, I, I love that. And and even to piggyback off what you just said, even sharing those opinions on your social media platforms, you know, using that messaging elsewhere really provides you that branding of that opinion. Again, if if it is going to be uh, in a positive light, we definitely want to share it, but. Um, you know, using your other resources and your other traffic sources to support your publicity and your visibility Mm -hmm. approaches is great. Um, so as far as what you can do this week, so the first thing I would say is gain that clarity. So what are your dream outlets and how are you going to reach them? You know, we talked about that stair-step approach, but, um, you know, start mapping it out of, okay, if I want to get to Good Morning America, what do I have to do in order to get there first? So where do you want to be? Where do you ultimately want to end up as far as with your, with your publicity? And number two, what is your headline worthy story? So if a journalist called you up today and said, hey, I want to feature you, tell me what I should feature you on. You should have some type of headline-worthy story ready to share with them. And that can be anything that you are an expert in. That can be your opinion. Um, What can you educate the community on? Number three, and this is something that most people don't do. So if you do it, you will stand out. And that's build relationships. Mm -hmm. Public relations is it's 50% relationships. So, um, you know, starting to identify those industry publications where you want to appear who are the editors, who are the reporters there? Start following them on Twitter. Start sending them a message once they release a great article that you really connect with. Let them know. That's going to be how they start to recognize your name when an email from you appears in their inbox. And number four, there is a website called HARO. A lot of people have heard of it. It start, stands for Help a Reporter Out. It's H-A-R-O, HARO. This is a free tool that sends you three emails a day with journalists that are looking for sources for their stories. I have gotten clients in Martha Stewart, Forbes, Entrepreneur, um, Better Homes and Garden. I'm, I'm sure I'm blanking on some other outlets that all came from Haro. And it, it there is a ton of opportunities to sift through. So it is not something that you can quickly do. But if you have certain keywords that you're looking for, and you subscribe to those emails, they come in, you could do a quick search for those keywords, and then you pitch the journalist immediately. And you can sometimes have an interview all scheduled within a day. So um, if you're really looking to start getting some quick wins, um, there's a lot of lower level um, outlets that looking for um, sources there as well. Um, So you can kind of get some practice in and start to feel comfortable. Um, But there's definitely some top tier uh, outlets and publications with outlets, uh, with, with opportunities there as well.
1: I think, you know, for for like the really young people, um, for our really young listeners, they might be thinking like, well, nobody, you know, like well, nobody reads newspapers anymore, or you know, nobody reads mm. uh, magazines. But I think what a lot of people kind of forget is those outlets have adapted to a social media approach. And those articles, um, those publications are released across all those platforms. And what it really provides, and I think that this is important because it took me a while to understand it, is a lot of these established platforms offer instant credibility. Like when they put out an article about a certain topic, they are seen as the expert in it. So if you can have an article released by... Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do something unrelated to, to, to what I do, but like, you know, let's say that, uh, you, you have a sports article and it gets put out by sports illustrated or ESPN, the magazine, like that is the, the, the pinnacle of content publications for your specific industry. And I think that that's something that all of us young people need to remember that, you know, all those articles that you see on Twitter and Instagram, they come from a publication like this. It just has been adapted where mm-hmm. people might not be reading the physical magazine, but all of those articles are digitally subscribed to. And I think that that's something that that we all need to remember.
0: And it really comes back to, you know, where are your customers getting their news? Mm-hmm. Because if um, if your demographic does not read those anymore, then we need to focus more on online outlets and, and ways that we can get you you mentioned um, online. I, I think a lot of people consider it obnoxious until you're in the same position, but a lot of entrepreneurs have that banner on their website where it says featured in, and yep. then you have a million different uh, logos. outlet yep. logos. Yeah. And it's obnoxious until you start to have some of those and then you can go, oh yeah, I get to put that on my website now. And you're absolutely right. It's the credibility. It is It is literally featuring you as an industry leader. So um, that's how we have to think about uh, PR. It will never be, uh, something that goes away. As soon as you, uh, you know, I've been featured on Rachel Ray, I will always be able to say I was featured on Rachel Ray. I've been featured on CNN. I will always be able to say that. So it is something once you achieve it, it never goes away. So, um, it is something that really can last you a lifetime.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. And that's a good way to think about it. It's, it's almost like a, a trophy that you can forever have on your wall and nobody can ever take it away from you because it happened. Um, Ali, you know, every single guest that that we have come on, um, regardless of, you know, what they're an expert of at their core, they're an entrepreneur and, and you run your own business. So I think, um, you know, you can definitely relate to this. But the question we like to end every single interview with is simply, why are you an entrepreneur?
0: Yep. I want to help as many people as possible share their message and showcase who they are and their God-given talents with the world. And I'm able to do that by owning fame and fortune and getting to work for myself, dictate what I get to do, and uh, I get to help as many people as possible in the process.
1: The thing I love about that question is Every single person, and, and this is never a knock against, everybody thinks that they have this unique answer, but I love the fact that at its core, everybody says the same thing. They want to help other people they help. and they want to be their own boss. And I love how those two mm. things come out, but <laughs> it, it it's incredible that, you know, the way that they got into it, the way they started, what they specifically want to help with, because everybody's different, but at its core, entrepreneurs are great people and they want to help somebody and they want to do it for themselves. And you kind of got to like help yourself first to help others uh, kind of thing. And I, yeah. I, I think that that is definitely at the at the core of entrepreneurship. But Allie, I am really appreciative of you coming on today. If people want to learn more about what you do, get into contact with you, maybe even uh, you know contact you for your services, where can they learn more?
0: I am on all social media platforms at the Allie Martin and it's Allie, A-L-L-I-E. So at the Allie Martin.
1: Awesome. Allie, thank you so much. Thank you, Peyton. All right, guys, Uh, if you want to continue this discussion, follow us on our social media, our Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebooks will all be in the description of this episode. Hop on there, shoot us a DM, hit us up with whatever concerns, questions, comments that you guys have. We'd love to continue building that community on there. Next, subscribe to wherever you're listening to this, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Overcast, you name it, we got it. And the only other thing I'm gonna add is as you're subscribing to those platforms, hop on there, give us rates and reviews, especially on Apple podcasts, five-star ratings and a, uh, and, and a comment go a really long way. Helps us continue to, to climb up the charts and, you know, continue to, to spread this to, to all corners of the world and allow us to continue to bring on great guests. We really appreciate you guys for everything. And we're excited to see you next week.